Welcome to your new day. This is Early Breakfast with Africa Milani. 11 minutes past 5 o'clock, worrying audio in Eyewitness News about 10 minutes ago of students threatening to make universities ungovernable if their demands are not um, uh, addressed. Uh, they are pertaining, of course, to uh, school fees um, and uh, loans and debt uh, and academic exclusion and residence issues, a whole raft of issues that have become so familiar at this time of the year. Dr. Linda Mayer is an expert on higher education, used to be part of the executive of the Universities South Africa, joins me on the line now. Linda, very good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, thank you. Uh, Is there any way that, I don't know, in February 2024, we will not have to deal with uh, the level of protest and the uh, destructiveness, more importantly, that we are seeing? Um, What do we need to do over the next 12 months, do you think, to eliminate the challenge? Notably, this challenge is not going to go away until government presents a comprehensive and integrated plan for student funding. It's a complex issue that relates to student debt. It relates to uh, increasing fees within universities, uh, also the late payment of NISFAS fees. So all of these issues need to be uniformly addressed uh, before we all have a comprehensive solution that will see us having a stable uh, beginning of the academic year. And what could be part of that solution? 47 billion rand, let's remind listeners, has been uh, budgeted for NESFAS to help with just over a million students uh, this financial year. How do we work with that amount optimally? Well, optimally what we need to see is that... Uh, it's not just about the 47 billion that is given out of the some 87 billion rand of the Department of Higher Education and Training's budget, but it is that we erode even further. So that money is never enough, and government always has to go and get additional funding out of the residual uh, budget. So that is eroding for universities, so they have less money to do what they need to do in their operations budgets. So what we certainly need to do is to look at student housing. We need to look at the caps uh, that we are setting, whether they are realistic, whether students can actually get housing within those periods. We need to ensure that the budget cycle in terms of the release of funds to NISFAS is done in a different manner because currently they have to wait for the budget vote, which is in April, so the money is always late being released from Treasury to the Department of Higher Education and Training. So that system needs to be relooked and reintegrated. We need to find a solution for student debt that is sitting now at some 19 billion and is costing universities close to 1.5 billion per year to service that debt. Uh, so really complex and myriad, uh, myriad uh, areas that we need to really interrogate and find solutions for. Not a new debate, uh, but certainly something that we need to uh, start focusing on. That 19 billion rand in debt is quite significant because we know, sadly, that universities are not seeing a, an increase in grant funding from um, the uh, government. Um, certainly there were complaints that the percentage of GDP that is allocated towards uh, universities' grants is dwindling over the years. And one could argue that given the uh, critical economic challenges that we are facing, prioritizing what over what is going to be a challenge that neither one of us want to take on there, Linda, which means uh, the student fee becomes an essential element to any income for universities to continue doing its work. It 
and university fees make up 33% of a university's operating budget. So if they do not get those fees in every year and they still have this debt uh, and they have to service that debt, not only paying the, the capital amount, but also the obviously the debt on the outstanding money, it becomes very difficult because, as you say, the per capita spend is decreasing year on year. So very difficult and complex uh, situation with less money being available for students. I had a wonderful conversation with uh, Mayenziwe in the previous hour. She's just recently graduated um, with a BA in communication. She's now reading for LLB. And she, an orphaned child, uh, was reliant very much on NESFAS. And she's one of the students who worked hard from day one to make sure that she attains a degree. And now she's reading for her second one. Sadly, Linda, we find a situation that there are universities that have the majority of students who are dependent on NESFAS not passing. The throughput rates of some of the universities are as low as 32-34%. And as a taxpayer, I asked the question, Did we, were we wise in offering free higher education in the way that was declared um, by President Jacob Zuma that we now have to honour those billions of rands that we are redirecting to realise this promise by government? Is that the wisest way of spending money in higher education? The, the challenge comes that the system is unsustainable. So students don't have to pay back once they uh, get jobs. And that is why a lot of uh, people would advocate for an income contingency loan. So that when you start earning 20,000 rand, for example, that you'll be paying back 1,500 rand. But also that students are able to get uh, government guaranteed loans from banks. Of course, currently, I mean, if you're in a household uh, under 600,000, it's very difficult to get an unsecured loan to fund your studies. So the system as it currently stands has limited resources. There's no new funding coming in. All of these economic pressures that you speak of, of the fiscal balancing of the budget, is where where the, the problem really becomes uh, critically important for us to, to evaluate. So really relooking the system for, for stability. All right. Let me ask this as a parting question then, Linda. You used to work um, and heading up operations at University of South Africa. So you're fair with the uh, vice chancellors who make up uh, the membership of that uh, organization. How would you be advising them today? Vets, for example. We have protests um, that are quite destructive, sadly, uh, outside of its university. Similarly, at the University of Johannesburg, we saw those uh, visuals outside of the University of Cape Town, even Main Road on Lower Campus in Ronnebosch, uh, the University of the Western Cape, Durban University of Technology. How would you advise those vice chancellors to proceed with this current challenge of protests? So the challenge is obviously around academic and financial exclusions, and it's, uh, there are other complexities, like at UJ where there's a water shortage. But really just to get the regulators on campus so that they can speak to the students and tell them what's going on. A lot of the problems are arising because NISFAS, for example, is silent on when the actual NISFAS uh, grants will be made available. So really just to have a clear communication strategy and work to, towards uh, you know, co-governance and ensuring that students understand what is going on on campus. All right, we'll leave it there, Linda. Thank you very much indeed for your time and your insights this morning. Dr. Linda Mayer is an expert in higher education.